On She Goes, the podcast is brought to you by Travel Portland. Explore all that Portland has to offer, from their bustling restaurant scene to their breathtaking waterfalls and hiking trails. Check out TravelPortland.com for more information on how you can experience Portland. So welcome back to Auntie Goes the Podcast, episode four, uh, entitled All By Myself. This episode is about solo travel. Um, we're going to also cover some hot topics, but first we have Rebecca and Medon, and Amy's actually here. Yay. Yay. In the house. <laughs> in the, actually, physically in the house. Um, so the first hot topic I wanted to talk about that I saw was Randy Zuckerberg's uh, in-flight sexual harassment situation on Alaska Airlines. This kind of, Aunt Brandy is not a woman of color. She's actually a very wealthy white white woman, white woman, <laughs> in fact. Uh, basically, uh, Randy Zuckerberg was on a flight, uh, a short flight, I think it was about a two hour flight. And um, she was on Alaska uh, in first class. There was another passenger on and there was a, it was a guy, he was intoxicated and he was sexually harassing her the entire time. She said something to the flight attendants and they said that he was like a preferred mileage customer and he does this all the time and she should just ignore him. Uh, the, the flight attendants continued to feed him drinks um, and fueled his, I guess, sexual fire. Um, and then that's why he continued to harass her. I mean, he just seems like a, a, a douchebag anyway. Yeah. Yeah, the flight attendants would like coyly say to the guy, uh, you know, you are you behaving today? Are you being and I'm assuming they were trying to keep the peace, which is that like super weird thing that like people do a lot of time with people who are drunk or belligerent. This kind of brings me back to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago about like what what do you need to do to get kicked off of a flight? Right. You know what I mean? Like obviously sexual harassment is not Seems like the bar is different. Yeah. <laughs> um she the it just seems like it is a misstep on their part all around to tolerate that just because someone spends a certain amount of money with their airline. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially if, you know, everybody is supposed to be on an equal playing field, then it it just doesn't make sense to give somebody preferential treatment for, like, being a a dick, essentially. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, and it kind of brings me back also to the airline in India that started to do, like, was it like a The female-only flights? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's so bad that it's like, there has to be female-only flights. I mean, Mm -hmm. I know there's like female-only train cars in like Tokyo and stuff like that during certain hours, and it's just crazy. It's like, obviously this is a huge problem, and then with everything going on, you know, it, it kind of makes things worse for us, too, because, it's like, obviously nobody gives a shit about women, but then nobody gives that, a shit about women of color. Yeah, <laughs> I was wondering, like, would anybody have gotten a response if it wasn't the sister of the founder of Facebook that this happened to? Because right. they seemed to, like, brush her off until they found out who she was also. Right. Yeah, So that's very true. It just really goes to show how, like, these airline policies... Um, I hate using the word privilege here, but like yeah. it really they really privilege like whose safety are they looking after? Right. You know, like this woman is like obviously very uncomfortable and here's a man badgering her, but because like she was at the time like a nobody, because they didn't know she was uh, Mark Zuckerberg's mm-hmm. sister, then they just let it persist. Um 
which is also wild because they were both in first class. You yeah. know? Yeah, that's the thing where I'm like, I thought you guys got special privileges up there. So <laughs> I think that they, I actually read that they also offered her to change her seat to a coach yes. seat. Yes, she would have to change it, not him. Yeah. 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 Which is really messed up. Um, the next thing I wanted to talk about was um, there's going to be some states that are now needing, people in certain states are going to need uh, an extra form of ID. When traveling, uh, I think the nine states are Kentucky, Maine, Minnesota, Missouri, Montana, Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, and Washington. Um, basically, uh, your driver's license is not just going to cut it. You're going to need an extra form of ID. So what do you guys think about this? I mean, to me, it feels really extra because we were just having the conversation of what does an extra form of ID entail? Like, I literally have two forms of ID with my picture on it. Mm -hmm. One's my driver's license the other one is my passport other other than that i don't like to carry my passport just on a domestic flight you mm -hmm. know what i mean so where like what i mean we talked about social security card which you really shouldn't carry around and unless you're like getting a new job and then the other one is like your birth certificate which is like you know to get your birth certificate most people at least I know for speaking for me and like the people I know, it's really hard to find it. You know what I mean? Like my mom was young and did not save it. So I had to get a new one at some point. It takes a while. So what do you guys, what do you guys think about this? I mean, do you feel like this is fair? Do you feel like it's just like, what do you think about it? Why are they requiring certain states to have multiple IDs? It doesn't really say um, why. It just says that it is. So, I'm I mean, just gonna I, assume and like, this is, <laughs> Ugh, this is from someone who has never driven, like, as an adult, me. Um, but I'm thinking about the, the elements of the state ID that I have. <laughs> and maybe those states don't have, you know, like the watermark and the signature on the back. And maybe, um, I don't know, maybe there's just certain security features that aren't consistent across each state's type of ID that need to be, like, made consistent. Um, mm. And maybe that's why they're doing the update. And passport is probably the easiest way to because get the consistency because like, everyone has the same overall yeah. government versus like you're just state. state. Mm -hmm. It feels like they're doing this like under the guise of national security, but because like I always feel like our government is so nefarious and yeah. <laughs> shady oh, yeah. that like this this is probably something to do with keeping people from moving from state to state, like having freedom of movement. Yeah. Like not mm -hmm. even I mean, like, people coming from Montana to trying to go to, like, California or something, I'm not, like, worried about them, but if you make it hard for them to fly, then they're just stuck in Montana. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, it might, it's probably hard to get two different forms of ID if you haven't had it already this entire time. Right. I imagine. Yeah. And it's unnecessary because, and also, like, a passport is kind of expensive. You have to, like, yeah. you have to go through this whole process of getting in, of, like, procuring your... Um, your birth certificate and, and another form of ID, which should be your cal your driver's license, but maybe that doesn't work now anymore. So like, right. what what are you supposed to do? You gotta go to like Walgreens get those pictures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have to be the right size. Right. Yeah, and you have to like wear it's the right stressful. Clothes. Yeah. So I can't imagine what like why this is happening and happening so quickly, other than just to fuck with people who don't have the resources to have had these things to begin with. Because mm -hmm. maybe it's like a step towards voter suppression in a way, if you're gonna say that the national required um, ID to travel is a passport, but what if you can't get one? Right. right. That's a good question. Really and for question. domestic travel, it just seems really extra. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like, like if I'm in too. Illinois going to Indiana, what like why do yeah, I need right? a passport? This is insane. It's Indiana. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> no shade against Indiana. I'm sure. Or Illinois. Um Bravo has a new show coming out called uh, To Rome for Love, where black women are basically traveling to Rome to find love. And a long time ago, when we first started on She Goes, I was doing research and I found this woman, I can't remember her name, and I'm looking for the website, and I don't think she's on the show because she doesn't look familiar in the cast, but she very well might be, um, where she would couldn't she would coordinate trips and it'd be like 30-something black women, like, like not the age is 30-something, but like 30 or so black women traveling to Italy to find love because apparently Italian men love black women. Um, and, like, literally, she would do these trips every single year, and people would be like, yeah, I found my husband, I found my boo. So now Bravo has a new <laughs> show coming out called uh, To Rome for Love, and it's basically some women. I'm really interested. I saw the preview, like, last week, and I was like, what? Like, this is, it's kind of cool, but, like, it's almost like, it's interesting to me. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? I th- I think any, <laughs> it's, it seems... <laughs> It seems <laughs> your face. It seems I know. You guys so see Rebecca's face. Weird to me. Why is it weird? Um, good for you. Go get yours. But it seems like a form of exoticism that's kind of like acceptable, I mm-hmm. suppose, for whatever reason. Um, which is, you know what? Go for it. It's not my life. <laughs> it seems it seems weird to make a show about. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. No, I kind of feel you. I feel you. Because when I first saw the preview, I was like, huh. So essentially, because like I've seen my cousin, one of my best friends, my she's basically my cousin, studied abroad in Rome when she was at Temple. And this was probably like 2003 or whatever. But she was talking about how she gets so much play. She's like, I get so much play over here. Mm-hmm. Like, dudes are on me but it's like on you in a way in which you're like I think there's also like an aggressiveness and I'm not trying to stereotype Italian men but like there's like an aggressiveness there where they're they're incredibly aggressive with women like she's like one time I got on a bus and this man straight up followed the bus until I got off and that's was like cute. oh I just want to like okay yeah and like wanted to <laughs> ask her out that's yeah. hella scary yeah. right yeah. I wonder and not to be controversial controversial but I wonder if this show would get the same reception if it was like a bunch of black men traveling to Europe for the oh, same reason. hell no. Exactly, and that's why I'm like, this is weird. When it's flipped, it's, it's the same amount of weirdness to me. That's true. 100, I, I, that's so funny, because I didn't even think about that. And that's actually very, very true. Like, it would not. It's like, it, let's go to Denmark. Oh my God, could Can you, you imagine? imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Twitter crazy. Oh my God, first of all, like every like black female publication would be like, there'd be so many articles. Mm-hmm. My Facebook would be filled with just everything. <laughs> like everyone would say, I have something to say. But it, you're right, like, and I also thought about the exoticism factor. Like I've seen um, and read things where a time they'd be like, oh, their hips and their lips are so full and they're so like, curvy and and like you know like voluptuous and i mean i'm not but you know what i mean <laughs> like i've seen i've seen that and it, it's just it's really it's like are these women playing into fetishism then like european culture fetishism with black bodies you know what i mean so it's like there's a lot of questions that need to be answered but then i'm also like it's a reality show are we being too deep but then it's also another way that our culture is perceived to the world mm. you know what i'm saying 
Like this to me plays into the black women always struggle to find love. That they've even resort they've resorted to, you know, going all the way to Italy to find a man because they can't find a man here. And black people, black relationships are so broken. And also just Bravo as a channel is highly problematic in its representations of any people of color, to be honest, but most particularly black women. Right. That's true. That's very true. Does it make me think of a piece that's on onshegoes.com? I'm going to mm-hmm. plug this because oh, yeah, <laughs> that's literally my no, job. No, do it, please. <laughs> um, it's written by Yasmin Yonis, and she's um, a black Muslim woman who immig- her, whose family immigrated here from Somalia to the United States. And she lived in um, Italy for a minute to do study abroad. And the piece is called Not Your Bella on Street Harassment in Italy. And I think for her as a Muslim woman, it may have been different because... Um, she's covered, but like the men there harassed her to the point where they often um, assumed that she was a sex worker, even though she was covered. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think for her, this, this, like, the sexual harassment and street harassment was like on a whole other level right. to the point. And she also knew about this um, stereotype about Italian men loving black women or whatever. But she was like, this is a really toxic type of treatment of me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I think it's interesting hearing like that stereotype versus like, Yasmin's experience in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, like, confusing, sadly. Um, All right. Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas happened last week. Sinterklaas is a holiday in the Netherlands. It's essentially their Christmas, in a way, where um, a Santa Claus-like figure um, who kind of looks like a cross between, like, Dumbledore and, like... (laughs) He does like Dumbledore and like a like a saint or something like that. Um, comes into uh, Amsterdam through the canals on a huge uh, boat. Supposedly that boat came from Spain, and he comes with um, what I consider slaves uh, because they. I mean, like let's be real. Um, with the, these, uh, I don't know, what are they? I guess they're like elves or something, Zwarte Piets, which is basically like Black Pete. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like everybody in the, not everyone, but a lot of people in the city dress up as uh, Pete, as Piets, and um, they basically put on blackface and wigs, curly top wigs, and they wear like uh, like pantaloons and shit like that. Uh, that happened on last week and it made me wonder because I was thinking about we have an Amsterdam office um, and I was like thinking about some of the people that are there and I was like God, like, could you imagine being transferred to that Amsterdam office and like walking into the office you don't realize that it's Sinterklaas and you're just like see all these people in blackface and you're like I'm sorry what's going on like Ooh. yeah it's it's like jarring <laughs> you're like um what I asked a woman named Catherine. She's an account director in our office, and I asked her, like, what does she think? Uh, Catherine is a black woman, um, and uh, her family's from Ghana, um, and she's been in Amsterdam for a while. And she says, yes, black piet is offensive and insensitive in my eyes, and and actually in the eyes of a lot of white Dutch people, uh, but the tradition still persists. The people who support the tradition claim it's not offensive. It's like Snow White with her seven dwarves. They also say stupid things like, I have black friends, and they don't find it offensive. Yes, that's because they've grown up with this fucked up paradigm where a black imbecilic slave goofs around handing out sweets to children and grown men dress up with blackface to represent him every year. 
So she had some moments where, like, she was walking through the city and, like, people will come up to her because Catherine has a brown face and also has, like, a little, like, little coiled, at coiled afro. And people will be like, oh, which Piet, Piet are you? Oh, my God. Well, they're dressed up. And, like, there's been a couple times that she just had a child and she was looking for daycares for her child and, like, she saw one that she really liked and then she happened to see that they had a Piet handing out candy to children in the front for scenes or classes. She's like, well, they can't go there. Like, I can't put my child in any place that is supporting this. And now people are saying, oh, no, his face isn't black because he's black. His face is black because of soot from the chimney. Mm, yeah, exactly. I wish everybody could have seen Madon's face just now. <laughs> that terrible. So it's like, it's really bad. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I just can't even believe it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's frustrating that they can still just say it's tradition as opposed to like looking at how it hurts the, the people who aren't white within their population. But I mean, I'm not surprised. And it's so many people dressed up. Yeah. I mean, it's so many. So it's like literally flooding the streets, like everywhere you go. Like, I just don't get it. And I always get curious because like Amsterdam is like a place like the Netherlands. I want to visit, you know, because it's such a, you know, also like it's such, supposed to be such a liberal place. I, have you guys ever been to Amsterdam? Didn't you go to Amsterdam? Mm -hmm. What was it like there? It was cool. It was super chill. I mean, it makes sense that we would have an office there because it gives me like chill Portland vibes. Um, but yeah, I was, I loved it. I was like, oh, I'd like to live out there, but like to have to be out there during this time, it would make me so mad. Yeah. I think so much we like, not really hide but maybe maybe hide behind our history to like hold on to something and just be like but we can't erase our history and our past and it's a part of us and it's important and it's tradition and it's like yeah but that doesn't mean that that shit is cool mm -hmm. or that it's right or mm -hmm. how damaging that that honoring that is to people and to like yeah. us moving forward because it's also like why can't you just not do the blackface yeah. Like, I don't think, I mean, obviously the history of it is incredibly hurtful, but it would maybe take it down a level if you just did not do the blackface. Yeah. Also, it's a, it's a fairy tale. I don't think this actually ever happened. It's not history. It's like such a strong <laughs> yeah, tradition true. on something that didn't actually happen. Just write a new story. Yeah. You know, that yeah. is not offensive. It's just like one of those moments where it just feels like plain old fashioned white supremacy, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. disguised as tradition and disguised as like something that we can't let go because we've been doing this forever. Mm -hmm. And I know that like oftentimes like saying something is white supremacist or white something is a consequence of white supremacy feels like really loaded or heavy handed, but this is literally it. Yeah. Because when you're like stereotyping one group, then you're upholding another one. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's any other way of looking at it. I mean, because that's how we think about it in the United States when it comes to, like, people saying, well, we need to um, remember our Confederate history. It's like, like no, you, you guys need to remember that, like, you guys are white and and you and you feel very threatened. Yeah, you know? and you felt powerful at that time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is happening in this case. And like you're saying, like Rebecca said, like, this is a made-up thing. Just revise. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Change the plans, guys. <laughs> New version. Yeah, exactly. All right, um, we're gonna move on today to our subject at hand, which is solo travel. 
Um, we're gonna hear some travel stories, solo travel stories from some of the girls. Uh, also, well, I'm just gonna kind of talk about what the apprehensions are around solo travel, what it means to travel solo as a woman of color, how is it different, if it is, and so on. So, uh, we're gonna start, I'm gonna ask you guys, do you guys have any apprehensions around solo travel? Do you travel solo often? Yeah, I think, um, my apprehensions are probably all, um, safety focused, but, I mean, I've learned to kind of let go of those because nothing has ever happened but I yeah I prefer to travel solo for a few reasons so I I mean I can't say that I have any apprehensions around it anymore maybe the first time I was just nervous to do something but like overall I enjoy it much more why do you prefer to travel solo uh I think I'm a loner at heart and I also just like being able to do my own thing and not necessarily be on a schedule because most of the time when I've traveled solo it's been for vacation And so I don't like having to wake up at a specific time and go to a specific place. I kind of like to chill and just figure things out when I'm there, you know? Where have you gone by yourself? Solo. I've been to St. Lucia. I went to Stockholm and Copenhagen. Um, I went to the Maldives. And so I kind of, I do prefer it, even though, sorry, friends who I've traveled with. (laughs) Yeah, I think I just, I had a way more introspective and more interesting time being able to, to discover things by myself as opposed to doing like the the touristy let's hit these places up because we have to go before we leave thing okay i feel you anybody else wanna? um i guess like thinking about group travel versus solo travel i think this is just like in general being in town like wanting to go out somewhere and calling up friends like will you come with me will you come with me like i found that I can go off on my own and find friends and enjoy myself and have a good time. And I hated that I wouldn't do something because somebody else didn't want to come with me, mm-hmm. even if it's just like going to a party or going to an event. So I started getting comfortable in like going to places by myself. My first solo trip, I went to Europe and one of the benefits of going by myself was that I had like my uncle to stay with in London and my cousin to stay with in Milan. So I was able to save money versus if I came with people, we wouldn't have been able to stay in those places. Mm -hmm. It was like kind of a solo trip, but it was like out of the 15 days, I might be spent like three days by myself. I was always with somebody I knew. Um, Yeah, just knowing that people have different styles of traveling, different expectations, spending. When I went with my family, oh my God, we had a family trip to Europe. <laughs> we just kept saying we're not going to do this ever again. <laughs> Too really? much. Like I, I, I figured out like a few days into it, like there's no way I'm going to be able to do what I want to do. It's mm. just like everybody wants to do something different. Like my mom is very much like, let's start early, let's see everything, and just run through things. And then, you know, my brother wants to party, and then my sister wants. She's seen everything already because she was already abroad and. I was just like, okay, I got to find like the one or two things I have to do every day and just go with the flow the rest of the time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. How about you, Amy? I think that I was like so scared to travel solo for a really, I mean, for a long time until my my mid-20s because my parents made me like so scared. They were just always like, the minute you step out of our house, like you're you're in danger. Like the alarms went off, the sirens went off. Um, and so it, it wasn't until I lived in China, and even then I would like travel with friends. But there was a moment where um, 
I was the only one who had vacation time and like nobody else did. So it was just like, well, I'm not gonna stay in my little ass village and not do anything. So I like booked uh, a train to Shanghai. Mm -hmm. And so I just I, like rode like some 20 hours train there by myself. And I think that like in that case, I had- Wait, I'm sorry, how many hours? It was like 20 hours. That's a long yeah. time. And it was like <laughs> one of those fucking trains where like, I just had to sit up the whole time. And I'm one of these sleepers that like, you know, I can't like sleep um, sitting straight up, I like slump forward. So I don't even know how often like I just like kept falling forward. <laughs> was the, that was the worst part about that trip. That was it. But like, if it wasn't for the fact that like at the spur of the moment I couldn't really think, it was like I better book my trip now. Otherwise, I'm just not gonna go. I'm wasting my days or whatever. So I went. But I think in that case, like I kind of had the luck of being. Asian too, so that I could blend in. Mm -hmm. So that really helped, even though like mm -hmm. I didn't know the language super well, and I just like made sure I wrote down the like the characters for the cities I'm going to, so I could recognize like the train stops, you know, mm -hmm. and just go. But but before that, I was like really scared. I think that like being forced to just go and not think about it really helped, because mm -hmm. like, I think if you're scared of something and you think too much about it, you're gonna just talk yourself out of it. I'm still kind of like scared of going internationally by myself like an entire trip because like I'm a really short person <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if you guys think about this but I'm really short and I and I often think like I'm not that difficult to literally just pick up I like, <laughs> I literally think of that like because I have one of my best girlfriends like she's a white woman but she's like 5'10 right and I think like and she she's told me that like she d doesn't let men intimidate her because she's so she's so much taller than I am and she can literally like, be in their faces where I'm like I'm always looking up when I'm talking to people <laughs> and I think of that like, oh, Amy. <laughs> that, like, that, like, that I really do think about this but like so I will travel like to destinations with folks like friends or whatever but there I do sometimes try to carve out times where I just spend an entire day by myself yeah. if I if I'm t if I'm too scared to like do a whole solo trip mm. by myself how tall are you I'm like five one and a half <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a short person response <laughs> and that there's itch. like a whole subcategory of travel for like short women of color <laughs> <laughs> like, when she goes right. <laughs> you can write something about that <laughs> That's pretty funny. That is funny. Um, yeah, I've never actually traveled internationally by myself. I feel like I would be very scared about that because I'm also just like a paranoid person in general. Same, I'm yeah. kind of neurotic, but like even with um, like I've traveled by myself for work domestically. Like I've gone to Iowa. I've gone, which is equally like I mean, when you're from Philadelphia, you don't you're not you don't have the or like living in large cities. That's equally terrifying, you know. Um, I've had to drive through cornfields by myself to like visit families for wife swap and things like that. Like I had to stay in like Brennan, Texas, which is like, I mean, I think I saw like two other black people there the whole time I was there and like I was by myself and like driving. I had to go to record at a hoedown. Um, like a legit hoedown, and like the road was just hella dark, and I was so <laughs> scared, you know. And I would always get scared that like somebody was gonna break into my hotel room, and like that's it, Sarita's gone. Um, but when I went to Shanghai, I did take a day by myself, and even though I was with people, I walked, it wasn't with people that day, but I walked around by myself, and I just kind of ventured out, and I didn't speak a lick of the language, I had Google Translate. And uh, I kind of just was like walking around and I was a little scared at first because I was like, oh man, like this city is so big that I could literally disappear. And like, I mean, of course my company would care, 
it, it's like it, it happens so fast and like you think about all these like women who go on these trips and stuff and like oh they walked off with this person and now they're gone those are the things I think about and that kind of keeps me like even when I got to Jamaica for the first time for my friend's wedding and I was by myself at the airport like waiting to figure out and like I felt comfortable because I was like, oh, I mean, I live in Portland, so I was like, oh, finally I'm around some black people. This is great. You know what I mean? But then I was also like, I don't know these fools. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know them. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just, uh, there's a, I have a lot of apprehension around it, but I definitely want to do it because I do like to be alone when I'm by myself here. Um, are there any places that you guys would not travel alone or would you pretty much go anywhere? I feel like Rebecca would go anywhere alone. To an extent, I would go anywhere alone. I need a few luxuries when I travel, <laughs> as long as they have. That sounds so bougie. I just I mean, know, like, Rebecca's bad and bougie. Luxury. Rebecca, yeah, what's bad and bougie? All I mean is, like, Wi-Fi. Oh. If they have Wi-Fi, like, I'll yeah, go okay, anywhere. That's yeah. it. Bougie, yeah. Yeah. Wi-Fi's a... I'm set. What do your parents think about you going alone? Are they worried for you? Not really. My mom is just like, email me your itinerary before you go. Oh, she gets uh -huh. really, really pushy about it. Uh, yeah, and I'm just like, mom, it's fine. But I mean, yeah. I always email it to her, and then she's like, and send me pictures. Mm -hmm. But like, she's she's really excited and like happy for me. So that's good. Was yeah. she like that from the beginning, or? Um, no. Well, the first time I think I told this story before, but like the first time I traveled anywhere internationally was to Mexico. And they had just decapitated the mayor like the week beforehand. And I took my sister, so she was like, uh, she was really terrified because it's like I could lose two children potentially. Um, but after that, yeah, she's just been really chill. Yeah. So that's what's up. Like my mom, my mom would be like, "You're gonna get decapitated." Like she would take it that far. Yeah. Like it's like, "Mom, I'm not the mayor." <laughs> <laughs> what, what about your families? I know you said your family was like super scared. They're I'm always like, scared. I mean, like we just came back from a trip. Me and my brothers, um, and my brother's partner, we came back from a trip from Mexico City, and they were scared that we went. And I'm, and like, there's four of us. There were five of us because there was another friend. And even then, they were scared. And then like we came home um, a little bit before, like. Maybe a few weeks before that big earthquake in Mexico City, oh. and my dad texted me. He's just like, "You're so lucky," and I'm like, "That was like two weeks ago. Like, like we escaped danger. Like they are so scared. Like there are things that can happen." And I, and I texted him back. I'm like, "We grew up in LA. Like we literally we had earthquake drills every like every other month at school. Like why are you acting like we don't have earthquakes in California? The fuck, right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, but like I think that they're always projecting that like these things will happen abroad, but never at home. But like there are yeah. horrific things that happen at home." all the time yeah yeah but there's something about i think being like in a whole other like continent or a whole other like super bunch of time zones that, that just like freaks them out mm -hmm. so that it got to the point where i've internalized some of that fear but like really does scare me a little bit by myself yeah. so that's why i'm like fascinated that like rebecca will go and like prefers it wait okay i will say this there are certain parts of the united states that I will not travel with it that's where i'm like typically south of the mason dixon line oh yeah if i'm honest <laughs> Yeah, um, I don't have time for it. I'm also trying to come back alive. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, like, do you feel the same way, Middle, that you're not doing that? Yeah. Like, we, I was talking to uh, my friend's parents, and they drove from Minneapolis back to California. And they were just like, we just went straight. We just kept driving, kept driving. Like, they were actually, like, instead of going, like, across this way, they went down because they're like, yeah, we ain't trying to be going through these Trump states unless we got a piece on us, and <laughs> we yeah. didn't. So it's like, we're not going to do that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's just like, I don't 
have people in those places and I have no desire to go by myself, especially like if I'm going for a reason or with people or something like that. But I'm just like, I don't really have the desire to go to certain places in the U.S. But I feel you on like the fear thing, because I think when I went on my trip, it was everybody else's fear that had me scared. Mm -hmm. I was in Rome waiting for my room to be ready at the hostel. And I was like on the phone, my homegirl who was in Nepal, she's from the Bay, and I was just crying, like, I'm not having a good time. Like, I just felt like I was being too guarded mm-hmm. in the in fear of being, like, mm-hmm. you know, something happening to me that, like, I wasn't having fun. And, like, the kind of person I am, I'm just, like, smiling and talking and open and, like, chopping it up with people. And I want to, like, get to know people and have an exchange with them. But safety came first to where yeah. it was, like, I couldn't even enjoy myself or be myself when I was out there. And she was just, like, let yourself be scared. Like, get, like like allow that to happen kind of open up in that way and fucking like do what you want to do because I was over here like oh I gotta go see this place like all the touristy stuff and I was getting exhausted I was like tired and not I was just running from one place to another and then like maybe like a day later I saw a poster for Afropunk Paris and I was like that's what I want to do like I want to go to a concert and it was so dope because it was just like they were playing this uh artist Iman Omari his song and everybody knew the words I'm like he's this artist from LA and like everyone was just like vibing there was like this fly ass chick with like a dope ass afro like DJing everyone looked super fly and I was like this is really cool I like this and I was even though I was at at a concert by myself I was like whatever I'm a groove yeah do you guys drink and stuff when you solo travel like do you like get a little tipsy or yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> I didn't really like I, maybe with dinner. Not every place that I've been to, um, probably for safety reasons, just like wanting to stay like alert. But yeah, if I'm like on a beach, uh, it's probably like a day drinking occasion. Yeah, you keep your wits about you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A- Amy, you said you do. Yeah, I've had a few. <laughs> I've had a few. <laughs> it's been a little irresponsible. <laughs> Actually, I was talking to my partner about this. I was like saying how. I think that when you're younger, like in your 20s, it, it is really the time to fuck up, honestly. Like, just just do dumb shit. Because I think when you get older, you just get more scared and you get more <laughs> cautious. And you just won't do it. You literally won't do it. I, I did a lot of dumb shit in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm, like, not regretful at all. Like, dumb, unsafe shit. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> this is why. Like, but don't do dumb, unsafe shit and come back to us and say that we told you to do it. Please. I'm saying I did dumb, <laughs> unsafe You know what, though? Like, I do like that idea of, like, I always say that, like, I'll only do this one thing if I was, like, in Europe or, like, in, you know, mm-hmm. somewhere where nobody knows me. I could just be whoever I want. But I also was in a relationship, too, so I'm like, not going to be all crazy. I'll be cool. But I do, I have those, like, thoughts of, like, damn. Missed out on that. That would have been tight. <laughs> I kind of feel the opposite. Like, I feel like now that I'm in my 30s, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I kind of am, I think I'm more prepared to do dumb shit, like a traveling. Not yeah. dumb shit, like get, you know, arrested abroad or anything like that, but because locked up abroad is definitely another fear. We'll talk about that on another episode. Um, but just like, you know, having fun, like, I'm more like, I'll drink at the hotel if I'm there by myself. Like, mm-hmm. I've, like, yeah. I straight up had. You know, I mean, I was on work travel, but I should have had a bottle of wine at that Hampton and bar. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, in, I felt more scared in my 20s 
I feel like now, if I go away, like when I went to Jamaica, I was like, I mean, I didn't, you know, I regret not smoking weed in Jamaica. I was totally going to, but then I was like, that's just probably hella potent and I can't deal with it. I probably can't take it. <laughs> so I didn't do it, even though it's probably like the most natural, most great, like greatest form. But I was scared because I think I'm also just like I'm a grown ass woman now. You know what I mean? Before, I think I still felt like a kid. Um, do you guys connect with other people at all? Or do you recommend, like, if you're traveling by yourself, like, you know, there's, like, Facebook connections. There's, like, you know, all that stuff. Do you, like, try to connect with people? Like, a oh, friend of a friend, I'm visiting this place, and they're there. Do you guys do that? I did that. Um, I posted something on Instagram just saying, like, these are the places I'm going to. Do you have any recommendations? So one of my friends who responded mentioned that he had a friend who lived, like, in Rome. She lived, like, an hour away from Rome, and she it's just, like, a quick train ride for her. And she met me, and we went to the Coliseum together, had dinner together, and it was it was super cool um, just to connect with her through him and have somebody to, like, chill with. Um, and then um, it's, like, my biggest regret from my trip. So the next day, I, like, still wanted to go to the Vatican and see all these places, but she had invited me to dinner in, like, the kind of, like, small-town village she lived in, and it's sort of, like... It would have been like super authentic because even we were in Rome, she was just like, this ain't authentic. It's just, just like <laughs> straight out the freezer type of food. And I was like, what? For real? She's like, yeah, come through to my village next, like tomorrow night and, you know, you'll have a, like a real meal. And it's just, she's like, I just live with a bunch of old people. And I was like, okay, but I didn't make it because oh. I was running around during touristy shit that like by the time I was done, I was exhausted and it was it would just would have been too late to take an hour train ride and an hour back because I had to leave the next day. So I'm hella bummed about that. But I made a friend. Yeah. Through a friend. That's good. How about you guys? Rebecca's like, I don't contact I, nobody. <laughs> I don't fuck no, with so no. so so I'll speak, that means I don't fuck with you. <laughs> no, it's it's usually been um I've met up, I've, sorry, I've never met up with, like, a friend of a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have never met up with a friend of a friend anywhere. Don't call her. No. no, it's not that. I guess I've just, like, never actively seeked out anybody to hang out with. It, I don't know. It depends on, like, the strength of the connection before I would even do that. It would have to be somebody that was a friend of somebody I highly trusted. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like a lot of work to go through to coordinate those schedules. But maybe in the future. I'm not. I'm not closed off to it. I think it's inter- it's like fun to meet new people who have especially if they've lived there. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, like it's your friend who lives um, an hour outside of Rome. Like I randomly um, was looking at a friend of mine's her Instagram, and I saw that she's going. She's been to a city that I'm going to in a couple weeks, and I was just like, "Hey, I saw that you've been there. Like, like what, what did you do there? Was it fun or whatever?" She's just like, "Actually, one of my best friends lived there. You should hook up with her." And I was like, "Okay, this is amazing." So it's it's worth like. If you remember that one of your friends have taken a trip to a city, mm-hmm. to ask them like recommendations because they might know somebody that you didn't know they knew, mm-hmm. and I don't even I'm not sure I will meet up with her, but at least I know that like she knows what she's talking about, and I got like firsthand recommendations from somebody who's lived there for years. Right. Um. So that I think that's super helpful. I also when I went to London, um, one of my closest friends, she lived out there for like four or five months, and she connected me with her homies out there, and it was like my very last night, and like my two or three days in London, I was like, this place is kind of whatever. It, it feels like New York. So it didn't feel very new. It was very gray. And I was just like, I don't know. Because at first I was like, oh, it'd be tight to live in London. And I was there. I was like, I can't, I'm not really feeling it. But then once I connected with her homies, I was like, dang, I felt like I was instantly in the friend group. Like yeah. as if she was 
there and stuff. And they were super cool. Like, I still keep up with them. It made me feel like, oh, this is what it would feel like to live here. And this could totally be my friend group. And, like, they're hella cool in that way. Like, they met up with me for breakfast, took me to the train station. And when I was going to the, like, next spot, like, they were super lovely. So I've, I've enjoyed it. That's cool. Do you guys have any, I wanted to see if you guys had any travel tips, solo travel tips. I think that in talking about meeting up with people, um, like don't be afraid to make friends. Like I remember when I was in when I did that um, solo trip in Shanghai, I also, I also went to Hangzhou and I was at a hostel and I shared a, a room with this woman who's from Portland. That's she, crazy. So yeah. I was like, where do you live? And I knew exactly where she lived. You know, it's just one of those, and then we like became friends. And then like, I remember another time I was in, um, I went to this, uh, I went on this hike at this place called um, Tiger Leaping Gorge in uh, Western China. And I met this uh, woman from um, the UK and we're like still Facebook friends, you know? And then like in a last trip in uh, Mexico City, my brother kind of like hooked up with this lady. (laughs) But we we had been doing super touristy things the entire time that was like our itinerary. But that last night she was just like, meet up with me at this bar. It was like a super neighborhood bar, super chill, just like full of like young Mexican kids just hanging out. And then she took us to like this like food night stand that we would have never known about if we had not met her. Those are the moments where I think when you're traveling solo or like when you're somewhere new by yourself, it's worth kind of letting your guard down for a minute and making friends. Like you still have to put your spidey sense out to make sure they're like safe people or whatever but it's just like it gives you a whole other experience that I don't think you would get on your own Mm -hmm. I did uh when I was in London um I joined a walking tour and like walking tours are super dope because it's like donation based at the end you just pay what you feel and they'll give you like a suggested range but it was like the walking tour I was doing was like street art and then she was like well I'm going to Soho next and doing another tour so I joined them and I met two people on the tour and we went to go see Lion King the musical right after and ate dinner and like we went like three minutes before the show was gonna start and we got like 10 like our tickets were like 10 pounds like because we have to like stand in the very back, but we're like, heck yeah, like I'm about to see Lion King live. It was a little trippy with the British accents. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's not how Lion King is. <laughs> but um, it was dope and it was like, they were hella cool. And we just like met through that experience. So it almost felt like a, a safer space to make friends because we spent like a couple hours together and we were on this tour and it was, yeah. I would say from a practical perspective, Take a picture of the front of your ID and the back, just in case you lose your wallet while you are traveling. You can, like, show people who you are. Um, It becomes incredibly helpful. Um, And then just, like, from a, I don't know, I guess more fun perspective, if you go to a, a, a new city and you end up in a bar, talk to the bartenders because they always know the coolest places in the city to go that aren't where they work. Because you might have found it from, like, Google and it was at the top of the list, but, like, they'll know the haunts and they'll know the other really fun stuff to do. That's so. a really good tip. You got any more, Amy? Oh, I was just going to say, um, to Rebecca's really good tip about taking a picture of your ID is that to also text or email to somebody back home. Yep. Because mm-hmm. then if you lose your phone, then they can email it to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, um, just as, like, a precautionary measure, Um, The U.S. government has something called STEP, which is the Smart Traveler Enrollment Program, where when you're traveling internationally, especially if you're going solo, you can, like, register. So they kind of, you're almost registered with the U.S. Embassy in the location that you're going, so they know that you're there. Mm -hmm. So if anything happens for any reason, like hotel situations, emergencies, um, 
you know, whatever, locked up abroad. You know what I mean? Like, they they can help you. Um, you have something you want to tell us? I know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Second mention. Listen, it's the same fear that I have about getting kicked off a plane. Like, I know that I'm, like, a reasonable, like, person who, like, obeys the law and chills and, like, doesn't get in trouble. But for some reason, I just feel like... I don't know. At any ha- any moment, I can just get out of hand, and I'm like a crazy person. And the next thing you know, I'm in jail. Like I don't know. It has never happened. No, I feel you. Like me and my brother, my on our family trip to Europe, we were in Amsterdam, and we went to CK Trinata out there. It was like me, my brother, and my sister. That was the night that we got home at 7 a.m. That was a night, but it's my it's my favorite memory from that trip. But I was being like such a hater at the time. I was just like, oh my god, why are we here? But it was it was fun. But um, me and my brother, we went to a store when we bought like alcohol, and we we bought like some like Hennessy and Coke, and we were just in an alley in public, like doing our drinks. And I was like, oh my god, oh my god, like freaking out, like we can't do this because I'm like, I don't know the laws out here. Like I'm not trying to get caught off some dumb shit right now. Yeah, drinking Hennessy in the alley. We're not even drinking, but like actually like having it, mixing it so that we could drink it on the train. You guys, we've mentioned Hennessy in every episode of our podcast. What? We're doing so good. (laughs) One more piece of advice. um, Alert your credit card companies because the last thing you want to do is be somewhere else and, like, you can't get in contact with them because you don't have service and they have shut you off and denied your card because that happened to me quite a few times. And it's not even, like, going international. Like, they don't care about that because they're like, oh, that's identity fraud. We'll give you that money back. It's like going from Portland to... Chicago. Yeah. And I'm like, really? You Chase? Know, you guys, I make this trip multiple times a year. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like, I live here. Definitely got my data plan when I went out there. Um, oh, that's Because I didn't want to be able to have to just rely on Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was clutch because I just used my GPS to go almost everywhere. Um, and I'll just have it plugged in my headphones so people don't, don't know that I don't know where I'm Ooh. going. So it's just well, like... Smart letting her direct me mm-hmm. in those ways. That's smart, just kind of keeping it plugged in and, like, moving. Yeah. And I think uh, international data plans might sound really expensive, but they're not, so mm-hmm. just check in with your phone plans. I thought they was it was going to be hell expensive. Yeah, I think the range that I saw, it was, like, you could get a $30 plan, a $60 plan, and, like, a 90 and the 90 like, I think the most I ever got was 60 and I didn't use it all. It's so mm-hmm. worth it. Yeah. Just for, like, peace of mind. Oh, uh, Michelle Arasqueta is a friend of Anchigo's, and she has a website called Girl Go Travel, and it's all about inspiring women to travel solo. Mm-hmm. She does some coaching, but also has some really great tips. She wrote for On She Goes. So mm-hmm. if you look up solo travel on On She Goes, you'll see like her five tips, which also links to additional tips that she has on her website. So she's awesome and she helped me plan my trip a little bit. Nice. Yeah. We'll link to her uh, website on the podcast page. You guys can find her. And um, again, if you want to share some of your solo travel tips to hello at onshegoes.com or you can like slide in our DMs at onshegoes on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, And um, thank you so much for supporting us. And again, we always love your feedback. And, you know, that's it. Have a good day. 